good vibes welcome to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 that's right we're back took a little break we'll talk about that in a sec because mo moonsi is always joined by the legendary mr bj armstrong bj how you doing real name no gimmicks mm. no gimmicks we took a little time good to see you Mo. we back in action a lot i was in vegas at, uh-huh at the nba summer league nba con wimpin yama my detroit pistons oh they looking good hey, you know a, you know a little you know a little this a little that you know we got some <laughs> dame lillard dude <laughs> James Harden news, you know, we gotta New, give a little news or court. rumors, news or speculation. We gotta get into uh, it. You know, hey, 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 guys, not retired. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> that was never happening. About. All right. So first of all, we took a little break. I took a little break. I went away for a little bit. My first, my first time ever in about ten plus years, actually taking a break. Oh, good for you. No phone, no laptop. I was out in Africa, and oh, um, wow. the the uh, the internet wasn't so good, which was a blessing in disguise because it meant I got to fully disconnect. Also, I one thing, right? Have you ever been in public and you just see like the most random thing? I'm having lunch at a restaurant. I'm in Africa. Where'd you go, by there's, the way? There's a go? guy. One second, let me let me say this right. There's a guy on the table next to me wearing an NBA jersey. And I can bet you a million dollars you could never, ever... If I gave you a thousand guesses, you would never guess the player that was on the jersey. There was a man... Tyson Chandler. No. There was a man... We can we can be here all day. Yeah, I'll give you... You can have more guesses if you want, but we'll be here all day. There was a man wearing a Phoenix Suns Mirza Teletovic jersey. Oh, wow. And I just looked at him like, did they even make those? How'd that... How have you got one? It was the most run because you know you see like Michael Jordan jerseys, you see Jason Tatum mm-hmm. and, and these. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing with a Mirza Teletovic jersey? It was wild. Um, so still thinking about NBA despite taking a break. I was out in Egypt, in a little bit of oh. Sahara Desert, a little bit of the Red Sea, just on the coast there, just going around doing oh. the thing. It was nice, nice to disconnect. Um, but you were in Vegas. Let's talk about that because. I've been off the radar, which means I've seen no summer league. I've seen a few tweets. I got a few texts. I got a few texts about when Benyama's first game and it didn't go well. And then the second game, he bounced back. But BJ, you got to catch me up because I know some of the listeners haven't been able to tap in with summer league as well. It's not really on TV and all of that over here. So tell us about summer league. Let's start with Wemby. That first game, because I know how excited you were to see Wemby. What were you seeing in that first game of his? Well, first... You know, Mo, before we get to Wimbenyama, you know, Mo, you saw the original pyramids and I saw the remix of the pyramids in Vegas. <laughs> the Luxor Hotel, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so I'm like, we both saw a pyramid and you saw the real one and I saw the remix. Okay. <laughs> Let me t- tell you about this kid, Wimbenyama. You know, there is really no questions that I have about him as far as who he's going to be and what he should be as a player, provided he can stay healthy. Yeah. That's the key is his health. And 
if there's one thing more that's apparent in watching this young man at this stage of his career is the lack of physical strength that he has to be able to endure and play for 82 games. No, I think that's going to be a huge obstacle for him. Now, you don't have to be big and bulky and and all of those things, but it's just preparing himself mentally and then physically to be able to play you know the the you know play this game this 82 game schedule that's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, but we we have this thing now in the NBA and there's a lot of debate. And I want to touch on this and 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 this is something that now I'm I'm not taking a side whether guys should load manage or guys you know should play. I'm not the the older guy that's saying these these guys are soft and I'm also I'm not the guy to saying they should they should load manage. However, I will say this. You know, Mo, now I want to take the position of the game itself. Yeah. How are we going to get better and maximize who we are if we don't do the work that's necessary? Mm-hmm. This young man, Wimbenyama, has an opportunity, Mo. Potentially, he has an opportunity to be one of the more unique players. I, you know, I don't use the greatest, but he has an opportunity to be one of the more unique players to ever play in the game. Why do I say that? Because he provides things that will affect the bottom line of the game, right? He can defend and should be a, a phenomenal defender. He should be one of the more elite defenders probably to ever play in the game. You mm-hmm. can see that right now. He can not only def- he not only defends at the rim and rim protect. He can defend on the perimeter and block three point shots. And yeah, he what, did five, that five blocks in that first game, which everyone said was a bad game. He had five blocks he, anyway. Was, he does things that you're saying, wow. You're just saying wow. He, and he's not even trying. Mo, these are things he's not even like scouting report experience there's he no scouting like, report for summer league they're just playing yeah, he just rolls out of bed and he does he blocks threes he blocks whatever he will affect the game on the defensive end he will be he should be as great of a defender as there's ever been in the league just because he will be able to disrupt an entire offense all by himself mm-hmm. on the perimeter and in the paint now that's that's kind of unheard of you do one or the other you may see a rudy gobert who can rim protect, but he lacks the ability to go out on the perimeter. You may see a guy on the perimeter, but he can't, you know, block shots. Okay. Yeah. Well, this guy can do them both. Now, more offensively, you're seeing a young man who can score and do the things not only on the catch, but Mo, he can do things off the dribble yep. at seven, five. Yeah. Okay. Mo, he's not restricted to being a half-court player. He can play the entire full court. You want to play fast. He rebounds it. He can push it out himself. And, Mo, he has a really, really amazing feel for the game. He knows how to play with other people. He knows how to play two-man game, off the ball, on the ball. And even though, Mo, he doesn't have the physical strength right now to hold the post, you can tell, Mo, he knows how to play on the post. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, and, and also, how many 19-year-olds have that kind of strength? 
Like that's unheard yeah, of for a nineteen-year-old yeah, yeah. to be that strong. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when I when I mean strength, just your ability to hold your space on the floor. Okay, now he has to be a you. You know, I, I'm not saying strength like Shaquille O'Neal's strength or Wilt Chamberlain's strength or something like that. Mm. He has to have the ability to, at the very least, hold his position on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Now, the thing I I I really observed about him is he can get into a basketball position at seven five. Yeah. He's he doesn't play erect. He can get there. It's just a matter of him. It he's he's idiot. a lot of guys that are that tall, they aren't athletic in a traditional sense. Yeah, you he know, just can't get in a, very what's stiff, called a triple threat. Whereas he's yeah. he plays he as if is, he's got the body of someone who's six foot five, but he's seven foot five. You know, he he can he can get into a basketball position. Okay, so here's here's what I would say about his first two games. The first game was to be expected. Mo, there was 20,000 people. It was 115 degrees. All right. I don't know the, you know, you guys do what Celsius. Yeah. It was hot. It was, it was so hot, Mo, that it was like ridiculous. Like you, you're in a full out sweat. Yeah, that's 46 degrees Celsius for our fans in the UK. Okay. Okay. So it it was ridiculously hot. There's 20,000 fans. You had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Everyone was out at this game. And, and and the most important factor, you had legions of Britney Spears fans sending abuse upon abuse to Mr. Wembenyama after his security guard pushed Britney out of the way. That was his first introduction to American well, culture. You know, <laughs> it's America. He'll figure that out. <laughs> Shout out to Britney. It, yes. Um, it's all love. But yeah, but I all the pressure. This. Everyone in the world's watching. Yeah, it wasn't so much pressure. It was just what what is this? Okay, because now you're seeing the hype machine. It's a, it, you're seeing the American marketing machine at its finest. I don't care who you are, that's going to be overwhelming. Every time he touches the ball, there's a buzz in the arena. Anytime he does anything, it's a oh and a wow and you're seeing something. Everyone was seeing something they know they had never seen before. Okay, so of course, being you know the marketing machine, we're just going to look at the numbers. We didn't look at the game; we're just going to look at the numbers and the highlights. And I, I totally expected that to happen because no one can surpass that level of hype machine. And the reason I say that is because let me take our listeners behind the scenes. When you're the number one pick, and I've had my share of watching observing representing number one picks the number one pick never has an opportunity to work out that's the that's the that that's the one thing that every number one pick moving forward should understand you don't have a chance to work out because you're doing the the media you're traveling to the draft you are you don't want to work out. You don't want to even give yourself a chance to get hurt, right? If you're yeah. the number one or number yeah. two pick, there's, there's, there, you just have to be healthy. Yeah, you and just have to so show up on a, draft night. Yeah, so you, so for him, you know, he's doing all of this media stuff. He's flying from Paris to New York, New York to San Antonio, San Antonio to wherever he's got to go. By the way. You know, he's got to make a move all the way from Paris to San Antonio. 
He's got about a, uh, he's got like three, four weeks to do this, get himself situated. Visas, da da da, all these things he's got to do. And by the way, we got a little game we're going to play in, <laughs> in Vegas with yep. 20,000 people watching you play. And we, you haven't had any time to practice or play or probably even, he probably didn't even know his teammates names other than, you know, number 27 or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. But he plays and he does that. Now the thing that he showed me in game two is that great players, Mo, they have a rule that they abide by. They never have back-to-back bad games. That's a fact. A great player never Truly has a back-to-back player, yeah. bad game. Okay. All right. They Mo, you, you never see it. Okay. One game they may play bad or whatever. You can guarantee that they're going to have a great game in game two. And Mo, I just wanted to see his response. Like, this is without any practice, any coaching, any anything. This is just him literally getting off a plane, playing, da-da-da. Oh, the, the, the young man was he was simply sensational. Mm-hmm. He was sensational in game two. Like, and, and the thing about him, Mo, is he's not you, – you watch him and you're going, is he trying or not? Because he plays with no effort. Like I know he's no, working no, it's, hard. It's not that he's not making an effort. He makes it look effortless. Yeah. Yes. He makes it. Yes. He makes play, it playing with no effort means he's not, he's not going after on defense. Yeah, he makes it look like your eyes are deceiving you because Mo, he's not like, I know he's playing hard. I know he's giving maximum effort, but he makes it look so easy. Mo, you know, and that's it's the like, sign of a truly great, like Jordan, you see him just floating through the is, air. Yeah, effortlessly. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Something points. He, I don't know, double digit rebounds. He's got four or five blocks. And you're just looking at him going, How good could this kid really be? I mean, well, he could do a quadruple double in a game, and, and it looks like he's probably not even given a second effort. Mm-hmm. That's how good he can easily get double digit points, double digit rebounds, double digit assists, and double digit in blocks. Yeah, he could easily do that in a game. Mm-hmm. And you're saying. How good could he become? Now, in saying all of this, I'll just say this, Mo. It, it's, I hope for the sake of the game that he adopts the mentality of all great players. I have to play. Yeah. Well, like the, the, the Spurs the, the have whole, come out whole, and said they're going to load manage him, but. Yeah, all the load managing stuff, all the load managing stuff, I don't want us to look back and I say us, the adults in the room, to look back and say the following. We didn't do, we didn't do right by this kid. Mm -hmm. Because low managing, we have to teach these young people how to play 82 games. (laughs) And, and, And here's how you do it. Here's how you do it, okay? I get it. I I and every other player who's ever played 82. What makes the NBA game different than any other game in the world is the mental toughness that's necessary to play those play those games and learn how to play in back-to-back games and learning how to play when you're tired, learning how to play when you don't feel as great, learning how to play and compete even when you're not at your best, maybe physically. However, what makes the game great is, Mo, when you play three games in five nights or four games in five nights, and somehow, some way, you grind that game out, Mo, 
that's when you become a pro. Yeah. And I hope that we allow this young man to play because there's no other way to be the very best version of yourself unless you play. Working out is not going to do it, Mo. Load managing is not going to do it. This is a thought I've been having with load management. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And and I will say this. If this young man is only capable of playing 20 to 24 minutes a night, but that he can play 82 games, Mo, that's better than letting him play 30 minutes one night and not playing the next night. Yep. We have to, we have to protect the core of our business and our game. The game is an 82 game. That's what See, makes it unique. Players don't want to do that because playing less minutes affects your averages and they're thinking, oh man, well, I've got to average this point. My next but the thing with Victor is he doesn't have that. He's coming in as the number one pick. You know his next contract is already going to be the, the max extension, even if he doesn't play a game until then. But this is what I was thinking with the load management, right? It's... For example, guys like Kawhi Leonard who load managed throughout the year and then they come back in the playoffs. And then he always seems to get injured again in the playoffs is because, now I'm not a doctor, but you could speak to this. Your body, as you said, working out is not the same. So your body's not used to the intensity of an NBA game. So by not playing, when you eventually do return to the court, it's a shock to the system. Whereas if you do play through a few injuries, your body can adapt to that and learn how to play through it rather than sitting on the sidelines. Then when you get thrown back in, it's a big shock to all your tendons, all your ligaments, all your nerves. So that's my thing on load management is, I agree completely, just play less minutes throughout the entire year. If, if, if that's all you can... Mo, there's one thing that I really... You know, they say, what's the difference? The difference between the game now and the game back then is... Mo, back then, probably because we didn't know any better, we didn't shortchange the conditioning process. Like, Mo, we had a month, an entire month, Mo, of conditioning before our first game. Now, these teams have like a week or two before (laughs) they're already playing games. And, Mo, they don't even do two-a-days anymore. They do them for like one or two days. Mm -hmm. Mo, we did two a days every day for an entire month before the first game of the season. Yep. That's the grind. So, so both the conditioning that's necessary to get your body ready to handle that level of physicality mentally and physically to me is essential to playing an 82 game schedule. Yes. There are a lot of players that were talented. However, Mo, there's a certain level of, toughness that's necessary to play that play that game and i guarantee you mo if we teach our young people how to play an 82 game schedule you know what will you know what will significantly change in the league i was just Mm -hmm. thinking about this teams will start to play to their strengths instead of all playing the same way yeah because mo everyone can't be Steph Curry. Like, I understand why we would play that way if you're Steph Curry. But why would you play that way if you are, you know, let's say, you know, Kay Cunningham? Yeah. Everyone has a strength, and you would play to your strengths 
other than saying we're going to all play pace and space and just three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. Because, Mo, if once you start playing and you're in the right condition, you're going to play to the to the way that's going to give you the best opportunity to win the game. So some teams may play slower. Some teams may, may they may have a team where athletically they would play fast. Some teams will be tall. Some teams will be use quickness. Every team will play to their strengths based on who they are because now, Mo, the, the, you're, you're going you're gonna to identify like who you are as a group. So I just hope that this young man, Victor Wimbenyama, for the fans, for the game, for himself, that he will have the mentality of all great players because all of the great players that I happen to know personally and have played against it's one thing Mo that they all had in common they love to play mm-hmm. <laughs> yep they you know I'm trying to figure out all of the great players without naming them how would you tell them hey uh we're gonna load manage that's Mm-mm. a that Mm-mm. well that Mm-mm. that concept to me is that never even entered into our way of thinking yeah Mo you're not going to sit out a great player I'm going to tell the great player, uh, well, you're not going to play on a back-to-back because we're we're load managing. What? What are you talking about? No, absolutely. You're absolutely right, BJ. Um, you know, we're going to talk about the Dave Lillard, the James Harden, the Pascal Siakam and more later on this week. I just want to stay here focused on Summer League for a sec. Um, as great as seeing Victor Wembanyama is, we also saw Chet Holmgren step onto the court, who's yeah. been looking very impressive. Chet looks great, by the way. I, I think OKC are going to outperform expectations this season. He's been looking fantastic. Um, the Another young player, Jabari Smith Jr., he played a couple games in the Summer League, and from what I saw, he was playing absolutely amazing basketball. Um, great for his development. I think it's great to see these guys still competing in the Summer League, even if it's just for a couple games, just to get those reps in. Um Another player that stood out to me a little bit was Imani Bates for the Cleveland Cavaliers, who slipped a lot in the draft. You know, he was a star in high school, but he's had a very solid summer league campaign. But I wanted to get your thoughts on Brandon Miller, who was drafted to the Charlotte Hornets, another high pick, who's struggled uh, a little bit. And the Hornets have looked absolutely awful throughout the summer league. What do you think the reason for the number two pick struggling so much is? Well, you know, I, I I have a I have a personal theory that I abide by, and it's proven to be right. I ha- I have no scientific proof. Players who play great or well in the summer league, it never translates to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's not the case because we just talked about how great Wemby and Chet and Jabari have been. But okay, but the 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 thing that does translate. Okay, the thing that does translate is what you're doing on the defensive end. Yes. Normally, we talk about players playing great, and we start talking about what they're doing on the offensive end. Okay. Wimpinyama and Chet, they're getting five block shots in the summer league. (laughs) Well, this is what worries me about Miller. He's getting 5,000 in the summer league. Like, he's found out of game. this This is... So, the thing that always you know that i look at is going okay what are they doing and what's going to translate okay there's a couple things that translates 
passing translates, mm-hmm. defense translates, rebounding translates. Now, the kid that stood out to me, and then people are going to say, because they know I'm from Detroit, the kid or Sewer Thompson. I, I was about to say him and his brother have been really impressive. Okay, yes. Yeah, now, not because of what they're scoring. Both they're rebounding and passing in defense mode. Effort. You could put them in, you could put them in an NBA game right now and not worry about them. Mm-hmm. Now, that that when you see a guard getting 12, 14 rebounds in a summer league, that's just effort. Bo, mm-hmm. that's not technique. That's not like you know, learning how to play. You rebound, you're going to get it in the summer league. Okay. So I'm going, that translates. What bothered me, or I shouldn't say bother me. What I'm concerned about with, with the Miller kid, one, it was he's fouling an awful lot, mm-hmm. which lets me know defensively he's a little lost out there on the court. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, you know, at his size, I would expect him to rebound at least five, six, seven, eight rebounds. You know, I'm I'm not sure what he was doing on the defensive of rebounding, but that was a concern. And what it looks like to me right now, Mo, is he is a downhill player, meaning when his offense is going, he gets more aggressive on other things of his game. But as mm-hmm. you and I both know, Mo, as a young player, he's not going to be the first or second option mm-hmm. this early in his career. He may be the fourth, fifth option right now. Now, maybe over time, he goes up to. Ch- so I'm a little concerned right now with his transition early. But when I see players who don't play well in the summer, I always give them, I, I always say, okay, they may have an NBA game. They may not just have a summer league game. Yeah. Because like Follow Steph Curry was off with the summer league. Right. So, but yes, summer league is a different game than the NBA game. So in saying that, I'm not concerned because he has talent. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. He didn't, he wasn't like, wow. He didn't stand out in any aspect other than his ability. Then you saw little glimpses of his ability to score. Now, Mo, he can get downhill. He's a very skilled player. He's a very skilled offensive player. However, his ability to affect other parts of the game, Mo, I didn't see him do that, which was defensively passing or rebounding. I was looking for that. That's what the Hornets I didn't see that the most. Yeah, yeah. well, they're going to. Because that star of that team don't do, like, Lamelo's not doing all the little thing. He'll get good assists, that flashing on the highlight reel, and it'll score a bunch of points. But, but I want to say that, yeah, but for sure, he's a, he, listen, the kid is a talent. He is a incredible, he really is a six, seven player, six, seven wing player. Who's going to be a very good player up here, right? He is the ideal. He's the ideal fit of what everyone's looking for. However, I just didn't see him at this stage, right? Which was what, four games, five games. I wanted to see him affect the game in other ways, other than scoring. And that, to me, is a concern. However, do I think it's correctable? Absolutely. Do I think he has the ability to do it? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to do it? I, I really think. I think he's going to be a really, really good player up here. However, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes, you know, a little time. 
And I'm not willing to say, oh, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that in the summer league because, you know, I've had clients who didn't play well over the summer and it's the greatest teaching tool. Yeah. It's the greatest teaching tool. And then I've also had players who played very well in the summer and then they realize that doesn't translate because, you know, the top guys aren't here. You're yeah. not doing it against Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, you know, Joel Embiid. You're doing it against guys trying so to get contracts. I yeah, I so I don't put too much stock in it, but I do look at things that will translate, Mo. Yeah, like well, I do look at that, and 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 it normally translates on the other side of the ball. Scoot Henderson looks impressive. He obviously uh, missed a few games with injury, but when he was on the court, he looked very yeah, very solid. So, yeah, yeah, he he did some th- he did some really nice things. What you, the thing he did, Mo, that I was, you know, I think he only played one game, but the one game you could see one he can run a team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two, he forces the tempo, right? You could tell he can get, you could tell immediately he can get to anywhere on the court, right? He, he had like 13 Three points mode. in the first, he, first yeah. court, set the pace. Mo, he's really, really strong. Like for a young player, Mo, he can play through contact. Yeah, he's, right he's like, built, he, like he's built yeah. like a grown man. And the thing that I really liked about him, he does two things I really like. He defends at a high level. Like he gives you that. And he rebounds the ball as a point guard, a six, whatever, two, six, three guard. Mm-hmm. So those things will translate more. Now, all the other stuff, shooting and ability to finish at the rim, he will get, he will learn that as he plays against the league and goes through. But he defends, takes on the challenge right now, and he rebounds the ball as a small guard. That will translate, get him on the floor. And then all the other things will come as as he learns and gets more or gains more experience in the in the NBA. That's right. Portland are in good hands, even if Dame leaves. We're going to talk about that later in the week. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Tomorrow's episode, though, is going to be an exclusive interview with Mr. Peter Nix, the director of Stephen Curry's latest documentary, Underrated, which premieres globally on Apple mm. TV on July 21st. I had an early watch of it. I must say it is a fantastic watch. I highly recommend it. Um, so I had a little chat with the director. BJ, you know what was really cool talking to the director of Stephen Curry's documentary? What was that? I don't know if you remember a few years ago, I produced a documentary about Zion Williamson. I do and, remember that. Yep. And this big time Hollywood director knew me and my documentary because he, he mm. saw it all those years ago. I was like, that's pretty cool. That made me feel pretty good. I was like, okay, I'm on the map. Now, where's the next documentary coming? When, when am I producing the BJ Armstrong documentary? That's what the people want to know now. <laughs> Real name, no gimmicks. I don't know about BJ Armstrong. Yeah, no gimmicks. No gimmicks. Yeah, you know what, Mo? <laughs> We're preparing our listeners for the for that for that day. We're preparing. Yes, sir. Them. Yes, sir. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow's episode. Will be that interview, and then we'll be back after that to talk James Harden, Damian Lillard, Pascal Siakam, whose name keeps coming up in rumors now, and a whole lot more. Apologies for go missing for a little bit but we're back we're better than ever this is the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 don't know if you can pre-order 2k24 yet but if you can search on the playstation store you can pre- pre-order in there make sure you get a copy because we're gonna be we're gonna be getting active with it until tomorrow my good people appreciate you tuning in make sure you subscribe spotify apple wherever you get your podcasts even on youtube and most importantly you know the vibes get buckets <laughs>